uh, we kind of went on to AI in the middle of our discussion of were we talking about TV shows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, just Dev so far is all I've been watching the first episode. Okay. Uh, so, what about you? Um, the la- I haven't watched anything in the last like week or so. I don't think, but I did watch Succession recently. Have you seen that? No, what's Succession? It's like um. It's a sort of, um, I don't know how to describe it right now. <laughs> what do you call um, the Virgin Media guy? Uh, Richard Branson. Yeah, it's almost like a, his kind of character, this family. It's, they're kind of like Disney as well. Um, the first episode's basically about their dad, who's like the Branson kind of character, the head of the company. Mm. He's supposed to uh, retire. And the the like the children are they're waiting to see who's gonna be the next one in line, and then um, turns out he decides to stay on, and it's all kind of this like political sort of um thing of like this power struggle and all. It's really really well done. No, the second season especially, there's two seasons out. There's like I think there's about nine episodes each, so about eighteen episodes to get to, and. Well, the third season is supposed to come out this year, but I don't know if that's going to be affected by but, all the goings yeah, on. Probably but, will be. Yeah, but it's great, great watch. It's that like a who's, yeah, who's who's in it? Um the the dad is what uh, uh Brian Cox, the Scottish actor. Brian Cox. Brian Cox isn't that his name? I'm going to get Brian, it Brian Cox is the um physicist. Yeah, not that Brian Cox. Yeah, it's a different Brian Cox. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Maybe it's not Brian. Is it something something, no, something else? Something, Cox. I'll check up the Wikipedia and I'm... <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm mixed up. No, no, you're right. Brian Cox. <laughs> it's Brian Cox. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Fuck. No, I know who you're on about. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Yeah. He's he's because yeah, I just googled Brian Cox and it was only the physicist that just came up and I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's in it and the the McCulkin from. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, whichever one that is. <laughs> the McCulkin from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I know the McCulkin brother that's in Scott Kieran, Pilgrim. Kieran Culkin. Kieran. <laughs> I always thought that was Macaulay. <laughs> or, I did, not really did, I say, did I say McCulkin? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's Kieran Culkin. Yeah, Culkin. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 I genuinely always thought that was Macaulay. <laughs> There's another brother in the um, death metal, or is it the death metal or the black metal documentary? No, Wait, what? About, you know that uh, documentary, but or no, it's not a documentary. Sorry, it's the movie on like the on Burzum and all them. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard yeah, of it. there's a, a there's like a third brother in that. <laughs> <laughs> Did not know that. So he's in it, and uh, have you seen uh, Predestination? Uh, yeah, I think I've seen that ages ago. Yeah, the girl from that is in it. That's the only mm. place, only other place I recognize her from. Um, can't think of her as any other big actors or actresses. It's very good though. Like, it does a good job of like you kind of for see for the, for the first few episodes you kind of don't like anybody because they're all terrible. Yeah. <laughs> And then as it goes on, they don't kind of get any better, but you do kind of see the humanity in them after a while. Yeah. 
and it does a good job of introducing other characters that you can kind of relate to. Like, there's one of their cousins is working in, they've got, like, uh, theme parks like Disneyland and stuff, and he's working as a, you know, doing, like, a goofy thing or whatever, or, like, you know, one of the the characters in the park. Yeah. He gets, he gets stoned and, like, falls and throws up in the, the face and everything, and he gets fired. And he calls his mom, and he's like, your uncle owns the park. Just call up. They'll give you a job. So he's kind of like this, he's a bit more relatable and you can kind of mm. get away in with him. And then there's like yeah. another character who's, he's kind of, he's not part of the family, but he's like, he's a, he's a guy who's worked his way up. So he's another one you can kind of feel um, a bit of kinship to where the rest of them are all just like spoiled. Kinda spoiled assholes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, really good worth getting into. Like second season especially just gets really really good like there's mm-hmm. so such like subtlety and like the language and everything it's all a big like, power struggle is like once the things they say just have so much meaning to it and all it's it's, it's great oh i must give that a watch and so yeah it's definitely a good one because there's so many episodes and you know with all this free time we have it's a good <laughs> one to get get caught up to like yeah what else we to do yeah and the only other thing I can think of right now was I watched that uh, This Way Up. You know, oh, Ashley B. Ashley B, who's that? She's an yeah. Irish comedian. I think, oh, well, actually, United States an Irish comedian. I think I might have an idea. For your honor, she, she was on, um, was it 8 out of 10 cats a good bit, I think? I always see clips of her on YouTube on 8 out of 10 cats. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think I know who you're on about now. But she, um, she wrote and and starred in this show called This Way Up. I think it's only like five episodes. Mm. But uh, yeah, good good one to. I think I watched it all there last Saturday on one go. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, it's well done. She's from Kildare. Kind of like uh, did you uh, did you watch Fleabag? No, that's one thing I keep meaning to watch. Yeah, it's kind it's like a it's kind of similar to that in a way. Mm. Just the Irish version? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm. I've got lots of stuff to watch, Lennon. Uh, there's so much, so much shit out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do for my recommendations this week. That's fair enough. Mine's is just devs. <laughs> did you did you say you re- or listen to any more books? Uh, so, uh, oh, yeah, so yeah, I've listened to Neuromancer, but I've also Neuromancer, so that's and then I also listen to We Are Legion, We Are Bob, which is also both of them heavily involve AIs. Because I can one We Are Legion, We Are Bob, the main character is an AI. He um it's basically he's like he's like the head of a software company and he sells it off. And then he so he, he signs up to be cryogenically frozen in case anything happens to him and he ends up in a car crash. And he wakes <laughs> up like 100, 117 years later, but he's now being turned into an AI. And he's gonna right. he's gonna be sent out into like space to like probe for um other Earths to find, right? To that would be habitable. It's it's quite good. Like it's um there's some like very interesting. Like one of the things, virtual VR for himself to try and make himself feel human, but he's still an AI. But it is kind of interesting. What I think is that because he. Like the reason that the character the character seems to be very good and, and like very quickly like getting onto a situation and it seems to be because he was a computer programmer so and he's now essentially a computer program but because he is the AI 
and he the, he's supposed to have restrictions on him and the whole point is that there's supposed to be like a religious faction kind of taking over like a large part of the earth and there's supposed to be like restrictions on him but the scientist that whenever he sends him into space releases all these restrictions so he is essentially fully capable of being himself and it's just it's it's quite interesting it's quite funny because then he creates clones of himself they all create versions of themselves but it's it's very very well done it's just because i feel like yeah (laughs) very much (laughs) what's that called again (laughs) i can't remember he keeps like duplicating himself and there's like all these different versions (laughs) i mean to watch that actually i almost find that now (laughs) michael keaton and i typed in scene it was a clone movie multiplicity multiplicity yeah yeah and um, I remember on the poster, there's like different, there's like the cool version of himself and everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's another one that'll be on the list anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's some fucking classic essential sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, Weird Legion, Weird Bob is pretty good. It, it gets a bit too much, like, he much into, like, you know, name and stuff after, like, Star Trek stuff or something, I think, sometimes. Right. But still, overall very good and the narrator was very good at it but i just i really like the idea that like he seems like he meets another probe at one point like another version that was sent up of like a different one and like the earth they're pretty sure nuclear bombs went off so they might be like the last essential thing of humanity but like because there's clones one of them goes off and finds like a developing like developing people and then he starts kind of looking after them sort of like a god the other one just goes out to explore to be by himself another one stays in it's like to figure out how to like create new things and make himself better and they're trying to make androids and another one decides to go back to earth where it turns out there's some survivors there's a kind of like a political tension thing but it's like kind of it's 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 light-hearted but it's still some very good kind of sci-fi concepts what yeah, excited, what, nice. what i keep what i keep kind of not saying is like what i really like is he seems to accept situations so well because he's a computer programmer and a nerd and so it kind of it almost sort of interests him to see what can he do, but there's a high chance that these AIs will kind of go insane because that's what happens. But it's more because it's like he's yeah, so he meets another probe and they've kind of went insane. But he didn't go insane because he created a VR for himself. He created clones of himself, but they're all slightly different, so they stay in contact. So it's like he's chatting to people. It's just ah. it's kind of you know it's kind of like because he's a computer programmer and because he's kind of a nerd, he's kind of ends up being i i see as like he's actually the best sort of one of the best suited type of person for it because this is kind of the stuff that he's into anyway do you know what i mean it's kind of like it's kind of like yeah this is why it makes sense for him to be such a good ai because he he would have thought about this he was alive (laughs) (laughs) you know that that's kind of an interesting aspect and then neuromancer just the kind of main one of the main characters is an actual neuromancer itself is the name of an ai (laughs) <laughs> okay yeah uh but neuromancer's class i don't know if you want me to keep talking about them so i'm just kind of like sort of i don't know oh yeah no if it, uh sell away <laughs> um yeah it's kind of just i don't know i don't i'm not sure if neuromancer like created cyberpunk but i'm pretty sure it kind of like at least in writing or it solidified a lot of our core ideas in a way yeah along with Blade Runner did, in the same way that like Dracula wasn't the first ever vampire story, but everything we know about vampires comes from Dracula. Yeah. I feel like Neuromancer did a lot, like, it's quite hard, when I was listening to it, I could listen to it, but it was kind of hard to get into it to start, but I remember that was the book. The only thing is, it's so high concept, but it's so high stylized, like, the way they talk, everything straight off the bat is just slang, and so for the first third of the book, I remember, it's quite, it takes you a while to get into, because it takes you a while to get to know 
what the fuck they're saying <laughs> and then once you do it's fine like but it's still all very like fucking like you Sacred. know uh, artiste yes you do know man uh jack in you know all very like it's like uh clockwork orange yeah actually that's a very good example yeah they're just chatting <laughs> away like, and you're like what, i don't what know are these what are these words yeah <laughs> what the fuck is what the fuck do you mean <laughs> And then once again, it's good. So then whenever you're listening to it, it's, I think it was it did take a wee while to get back into that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely. Weirdly to weird, Bob, it was a very good listen. Really. Um, I would I would say I probably, how would I say, I would have enjoyed listening to probably We Are Legion and We Are Bob more. But if I was to read them, I would have preferred reading Neuromancer, if you get what okay, I mean. Okay, yeah. But I think that's a lot to do with the narrator. Just an outer and We Are Legion and We Are Bob was very, very good. So It sounds like... If it if you were to recommend these, uh, we are Legion, we are Bob would probably be better for people who are maybe not as much into sci-fi, maybe want to get into it. Yeah, would that be, would that be right? Yeah, because Neuromancer is so hard, so high concept. It's like, and also the slang and stuff. Would you you yeah you would really have to be to read that. Whereas yeah. we are Legion, we are Bob would be easier to pick up. Yeah. Also, also, I recommend it. Like, I'd say, listen to is very good because yeah, narrator was very good. But yeah, you would not like you would. I don't think. I honestly don't know how I would go listening to Neuromancer if you hadn't read the book, just because of the slang. Okay. If you know what I mean, but it, it's actually known for that. Like, it's known for the slang being so. It, the slang is such a good part of it. But that's the initial trip up. Is that it's just like, and the way it goes on. But then once you get it, it's fine. I like. would imagine listening to it makes it better, actually. I would feel because I think there's something about reading slang that doesn't make sense. It there's like a weird uh barrier. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. like slang is supposed to be a spoken thing. Yeah. You know if you like encounter someone, you know, like Damien. Yeah. Yeah, Damien <laughs> just, is walking slang like he just says a random slang that you don't know what it means, but you get it. Yeah, yeah, you get it, you get it because of context, like. Yeah. But, but you, like, you know, if like you to, if you were to read that, you'd be more likely to just be like, "What is going on?" Yeah, I but like, like, but when it's like spoken, you you just kind of let it sink in in a way or whatever, mm-hmm. and you can just kind of be like, "Okay, I'll, I'll uh, just." Yeah, I'll maybe. Just maybe I'm sorry. Maybe maybe you'd be right that way. Yeah, for me, mm-hmm. I that makes sense to me in my head anyway. Mm-hmm. And I suppose for me, maybe it just makes sense because I feel like, but then maybe that's because this is the way I've done it. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So that maybe that that's why it may think it makes sense to me because I I did figure out reading it. Yeah. So maybe that's why I feel like it would be better. So I suppose yeah, but still very interesting. Um. Yeah. No, I'm starting. To, it's kind of interesting listening to more audiobooks. I'm starting to realize that I feel like there's some things I actually would be better to. Some things are definitely better to read. I think some things are definitely better to listen to. I'm just. I, I just got thinking there. Just seeing it, the way what I just mentioned about like which one of those would be better for if you're just getting into sci-fi or or, uh, or if you're already into it. Maybe we mm. could try and think of something to recommend for people who don't usually like sci-fi. Oh, yeah, that's actually because a really good like, idea. Like I, like, I wasn't big into sci-fi for a long time, and then I like, just kind of encountered a few different things that kind of made me realize that good sci-fi is stuff that, you, when you can express something that you can't usually express in like the kind of normal world, you know, yeah. what I mean? like sort of bigger ideas, like like stuff like Ex Machina and Arrival, yeah, like, those stories can't be told just using our normal world. No, but they tap into 
to deeply human things. Yeah, because you're kind of putting them against something. Because it's like, because it, because it, to me, I always feel like it means a lot. It it means a lot. Or, or yeah. you, can, you can you can sorry you can dive into a lot more what it means to be human whenever you're confronted with something that is either incredibly similar like Ex Machina or completely different like Arrival, but yeah. it's both still in a way living or you know obviously I debate but like that's why it's so good I think about Ex Machina is because she is so real the robot is so real that yeah. she is she is alive but then what does that mean for us if we yeah. can create something this advanced that's, that's I'm sure that'll be a movie we get onto as well. Oh, definitely. Because I've I've been meaning to rewatch that, so it'll be a good excuse to to get back into that. Still, one of the best dance scenes in any cinema. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just love that because for some reason that that because like because I was thinking about X Machina the other day, and I was thinking about how you know because I read an article on it, and the X or it was mentioned article in X Machina. They're saying at the end and like how like that would be like a fear and that would mean like Skynet is here and robots have already invaded us but I didn't take the ending like that I took it more that like because she's so advanced and living is that she wants to be free and she found her way out yeah. which was through manipulating someone and maybe you can say it's a bit cold of her because obviously people died but then you could say that's because it was robot but I felt like she what? just wanted to be free and he's Oscar Isaacs is kind of a psychopath and so it's almost like she he's trapped something living in his house, but then she's very smart, so she figures a way to get out of it. That could I could be completely wrong. Like <laughs> I just kind of like that idea more, maybe if you know what well, I mean. Well, it's like if you um, if he, if she was totally human, we would see her being trapped as totally horrific Lost torture. Yeah, yeah. But I just think I'm just always writing that dance scene is I don't know why I love it so much it's because but like Oscar Isaac is like a seems really smart genius and he seems you know, it starts very nice but then he, he kind of you know gets darker and he's kind of more sociopathic or psychopathic and crazy but I just for some reason feel like that dance scene and that dance routine for some reason to me just really uh peaks at how fucking nuts he is yeah <laughs> you know it's just, it's just that really subtle like twist of like this guy is yes very smart but he's fucking he's not he's like, well. he's the He's the other side of the coin of Brendan Gleeson's character too, though. He's like this egotistical fucking kind of maniac genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you said Brendan Gleeson is Donald Gleeson. Or Donald Gleeson, sorry. <laughs> Still I, thought, I, thought, I thought Donald Gleeson. <laughs> yeah, but it's because it's Brendan Gleeson was an AI. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Um, I'll, put a, I'll, I'll try and remember to put a spoiler at the start of that conversation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah. but like talking about like the reason we were talking about that is because I was saying good sci-fi to get into if you're not usually into it. That's a really good one. Yeah, X, X oh, because it's just so smart. But I think like like me as but you like, know like and I I know you don't. Is I think a lot of people think like of sci-fi. They think mainly of like Star Wars. And like I, I, just, I was just I was just going to say for a long time my idea of Star or of my idea of sci-fi was like Star Trek, like cheesy yeah. fucking bullshit like. Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie though. I I like the like I like the original series of Star Trek. Oh no, I, but but it is but it is cheesy. But it is what it is. But like that. But I just that's mean if you're not all. like sci-fi for me, it was always just kind of weird. I don't know. But then like if you look at a, if you, I'm sure most people have seen Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's, that's sci-fi. That is straight up sci-fi. And but it's like but that's the thing. There's different. Like that's the thing. I was gonna say more of like I think a lot of think of Star. Of, Star Trek or like Star Wars, yeah. no, you like you you haven't watched Star Wars, then I love it. But like that's like science fantasy. But like that's yeah. that's what that's what they call you know um oh it's soft sci fi. Soft sci fi is just like yeah. 
well, it's in space and it's not realistic, but then it's hard sci fi. Yeah. And hard sci fi is just fucking, a lot of it's my bone. But again, there's concepts and in futurism and like yeah. kind of grounded somewhat in reality. And like that's why that's a lot of what I love. What would be a perfect examples would be kind of arrival and be kind of X Machina. Carbon actually, the TV show is a great uh, sort of midpoint between them two things. Actually, I would think I would say hmm. it's got the action of like what you just described as soft sci-fi, but yeah. then it's got the high concept of hard sci-fi. Yeah, it's got the high so concept be, of like the cortical stacks and the yeah, the world. That'd be a good intro point because you can, you can watch that as just an entertainment entertaining kind of romp. Yeah, but, it, but at the you, end of the day, it's a cyberpunk kind of detective story. So if you yeah, have, if you yeah. like, if you like a detective story, you know, you kind of like this. Like, yeah, it's like a neo noir. Yeah, be neo noir. And Alter Carbon's really good. I found it interesting too because Neuromancer, because it's like the progenitor. It's like the original cyberpunk, and then it was cyberpunk became like popper again. And I think in the nineties, and reading something about Alter Carbon, and Alter Carbon was seen like as like the not like the next step, but it was like the next part of it. But then some people thought that like it was like some sci-fi or some cyberpunk because it was popular, was getting written. But then I feel like Alter Carbon or was one of them was definitely was not written just because of like being, uh, it being popular, if you know what I mean. Like the book, yeah. man, the, the book is just like, unfortunately because because of my shift changes, it's wild harder to get to read because I'm, I'm tired an awful lot. It's yeah. quite hard to focus. But like the book just really develops like, like I, I've only seen the first season of Alter Carbon and I really enjoyed it. But then I hadn't seen it well and watched her reading the book. And I just think the book develops the character of Takeshi a bit better and the world building yeah, is sure a bit better. Does, yeah. Which it which it would like, because it's just um and it's just there's more there's a bit more interesting concept. Like I'll always one of the best ones is like whenever he first gets into Riker's body in the book, he's looking at himself in a mirror and he feels like he's like he feels dissociated from what he's looking at. Because yeah. that's not his face. And yeah. it's like and he's like, oh this this always happens. It always takes like couple of hours or a couple of days to kind of get used to the fact of like who you are and then yeah, like, there's like a, you can t- isn't there drugs you can take in it to like help you um acclimatize your sleep yeah. or something yeah like help to like assimilate in and yeah. then that, there's that, another... happened, that happened to me after uh a big uh festival one year really <laughs> i looked in the mirror and i was like who is this man <laughs> <laughs> on day four of the sesh i was like who are you yeah, exactly. You. <laughs> yeah. You're a shadow of your former self, but I don't know who that former self. <laughs> and then, um, oh, I was gonna say, there's another bit. Then I was like, because obviously you know him and Ortega get together, and it was interesting because he's in Riker's sleeve, and he's like weighing up the whole thing of like he's really attracted to her, and he's like, but is he really attracted to her because he's in this body? It's like, are we? Is like, are the bodies like really just so interchangeable? Or are, are people so interchangeable like that? Like now that he's in Riker's body, is he attracted to Ortega because he's in Riker's body? You know, kind of, is that like then make Riker a part of him or him a part of Riker? Or is that just like, as our instincts and hormones, is that also powerful? Yeah, is, like, there, is, there like, is there like physiological things that aren't, that aren't all just, mental? Yeah, it's just how it affects mentally, but then if you can go from sleeve to sleeve, and then how does that change? It's just like, the kind of, obviously you can go a bit deeper and stuff, but at the same time, the book's still quite action-packed and... Yeah, in the, the second days. season, they introduce like... Um, like kind of augmented sleeves mm. that kind of heighten like uh, reactions and stuff, which is kind of interesting too, because it's like, it's like, it kind of blurs that line further of like, if it, is, it, is it mental or is it's like the physical body is doing stuff that the mind isn't even thinking about and stuff. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I finished that, uh, I finished the John B. Keen book. Oh yeah. How was it? 
the yeah, ball run one. Yeah, it's very good. For the uh, no, for the opposite of Seifei. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for the opposite of Seifei. So get something nice. It's Haifei. <laughs> <laughs> Historic fiction. <laughs> yeah, really good though. Uh, um, I really like these kind of like books where it's um, something from the past but told with a narrative story. Because mm. I read that, um, I think I might have talked to you about it before, The Star of the Sea. Star of the Sea? I remember you mentioned it before, but explain again. That's one about the Star of the Sea was basically a famine ship. Mm. And the whole story takes place um, just on the journey from Ireland or from Liverpool, actually, I think it is. They go to Liverpool first and then go to America. And the whole story takes place on the boat journey, but it also is told in like loads of sort of flashbacks to from the different characters in the boat. Oh, really? So it gives you a historical feel, but also it's like, it's from like a more um, first person perspective. Mm. Really like, like, like that. Hmm? I, I really am, I've, I've discovered a recent love for books like that. Can perfume is kind of like that too. What's, what's, uh, what's Perfume? Do you know the movie Perfume Story of a Story of a Serial Killer? Hmm. Have you heard of that now? I can't remember. I'll see if I have. Well, mm. the movie's yeah, take it or leave it, but the book is fantastic. Mm. But again, it's from like a set in. I don't know if you're looking it up. Maybe you can tell me what era it is. But it's like in Paris, uh, revolutionary so time, I believe. Two thousand and six. No, that's not, that's not oh, oh, sorry, whenever it's set, sorry, no. <laughs> it's set in 18th century France, not uh, 2005. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who'd have thunk it? <laughs> well, I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so that's another one, just like a really good example of, like, even though it's a totally fictional story, it's still a really nice way to sort of get the feel for what it was like at that time. Yeah, it's still like set in the the fifties and carry. Yeah, <laughs> which is kind of like you you wouldn't be used to seeing that setting. I don't think I would like it. I didn't really know what it was like in the fifties and carry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's great. Like, there's a lot of like the main sort of antagonist in the story is the parish priest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he like he has no time for the traditional ways of like the country folk just outside the town and um that's kind of the main conflict in the, in the story and all but it's great i've got a wee uh, paragraph here actually because i remember talking to you about um how so much of the story is about drinking yeah <laughs> i think i said it in the last video but if anyone hasn't seen the video of john b keen talking about drink you have so to watch poetic. it it's yeah. just the most poetic. It's most poetic anyone can be. Ever. Well, you think that until you read this book. This whole book is just <laughs> drink poetry. Yeah. <laughs> but in, in that in that video, he like he just he he's just like in the moment, and he's just talking about his love of drink, and yeah. it just makes this whole story <laughs> funnier. Yeah. So, YouTube John B. Keen on drink. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. He talks about the, plop, the violent plop of the whiskey, you know. Yeah. The and even when you're reading it. You, you kind of hear the, the cadence and everything of the accent, but here's yeah. a wee, uh, paragraph that'll hopefully give you the idea. The rain dance had not yet come fully to life, but the advent of the newcomers attracted more couples to the floor. 
Rhubarb Ring finished the contents of the mug, which to this time had been held closely to his breast. It had contained a noggin of undiluted whiskey, which he had been sampling and measured sips between cups of freshly drawn, highly conditioned porter. The breast pocket of his short coat contained a second noggin. He had promised himself that its contents would not be savoured until well after midnight, when he might be in need of its boosting properties at the halfway stage of the joyous proceedings. <laughs> so it's like, it's, the drink is all given... The drink's almost given its own character. Like, it, it like, helps yeah. everyone. It, like, improves everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... The... <laughs> Jesus, that's like so the, way it's like lo- the way it's lovingly described is like freshly drawn, high co- highly conditioned porter. I can taste that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's all high quality. It's just beautiful. There's, there's, nice. there's a, I think like, there's a, like, like, something like really nice, beautiful scene. I think but, there's a part where they applaud someone for for pouring really nice pints of porter as well. It's like <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But but like it's it's never like it, like, it never seems, like, gratuitous. It doesn't seem like he's just talking about drink for the sake of it. It's, like, it clearly is important in these people's yeah. lives. It's, like, they work hard and they need, like, these these encounters that they have with each other in the pub or whatever or at the rand dance that that's about where they just let it all out and they, like, have a drink and... Yeah, just, like, a, de-stress a, and get it out. And... It's it's funny, too, because, like, uh, they talk about how for the rand dance they get, they get a few things of porter and they get loads of bottles of whiskey and then for the girls to get sherry. But then you find out that the women also have been sneaking in. Uh, they get them loads of cheap sherry, so they sneak in finer bottles of sherry, and they sneak, sneak in a few bottles of porter, or mm. a few bottles of port, sorry, and, and, and brandy. So they the girls like sneak off to the toilet, and they, they get drunk as well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's not... But they still act fem. When I'm in public, they just drink their sherry and they act very feminine and all of it. So yeah, yeah. everyone's just getting drunk together. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> just getting lost. <laughs> but yeah, it's fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Best book I've read in a while now, definitely. Oh, that's class. Yeah, I must get more into Irish authors. I keep not doing that. I keep meeting too, but like. Yeah. Keep a culture country. Yeah, it, I'm trying to. I feel like I. I've read a decent amount now, yes, but I'm going to keep it up. I've got a few other. I've got that um that Star of the Sea author, uh, jo- uh Joseph O'Connor is his name. Mm. I've got another couple of his books that I picked up recently. I'm hoping they're good. There's a sequel to it, and there's one about uh, there's one about um, a murder, and it's got something to do with they they go off to any show or something. So I'm looking forward to reading that. I think it's called any oh, show wow. actually. Jesus, that's class. So there's mad. Like, I was thinking whenever you read something. Like, some place you know or been in Ireland. Um, so what else was on the oh stoicism? Yeah, <laughs> that was the other thing we were going to get into. Um, yeah, I I did like let's say minimal, but I tried to do my best. I did. I listened to like a TED talk on it, and I watched a couple of videos just people describing it, and it's kind of more or less popularized by uh, Marcus Aurelius. It was made. Yeah. It was founded in Athens. It's because yeah. he he like arrived on a boat and then he was like, wasn't it? He like arrived on a boat in Athens and then he ended up staying there. Met the Greek scholars and that's why he kind of was Um. Well, the 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 big the three big names are actually like from the later era of uh, Stoicism, which is Marcus Aurelius, uh, Seneca, and Epictetus. Marcus Aurelius was the um, Roman emperor. 
so that was kind of like the the later period when it because mm. it started in Greece and then moved into Rome, and then it was um, even when like Catholicism came on came along, Stoicism was the main thing it had to contend with. So yeah. it actually ended up adopting a lot of the their ideals and everything. But am I right in saying that uh, yeah, Marcus Aurelius was like adopted by the um, the previous emperor? Yeah, he was yeah. Hadrian. Anna. Oh, hold on. Hadrian adopted him, yeah. Mm. So that's kind of why I think that's the reason he kind of got into it because he, where he wasn't like a the an emperor because of blood, so he didn't feel entitled or anything, and he felt like he needed to learn these good skills to get him into it and everything. Yeah, and um, it's like it was what I the TED talk I think it was saying that he went through something like two wars. And he was like one of the longest running, if not the longest running emperor, Marcus Aurelius. And it was like Stoicism was supposed to be able to help him get through the whole time. Yeah. Something like that. And it was just very interesting to like some of the concepts and about being like sort of, it's sort of right, sort of like kind of being happy with what you have and understanding that. Yeah. The, the future and not reacting too emotional and understanding your desires and there's something else. I know I'm missing a major point. Um. Well, like Stoicism. It's weird because I think people get the wrong idea of stoicism a lot. They think it's like a kind of weirdly emotionless kind of yeah. thing and all. Like, which is actually, what I thought it was. Honestly, to be honest, I thought it was like, actually, yeah, actually, it's just a philosophy for happiness. Like, that's the mm-hmm. the main way to boil it down. Like, it's about understanding that like bad things will pass, and then and then sort of conversely being humble in like the good things and acknowledging that they won't last either. And it's just like like, I think the most important thing with philosophy is that it it's stuff that you already can look at and be like, oh, I agree with that. Like, that's what appealed yeah. to me the first time. Because I remember discovering it and I was just like, oh, this is, this is how I feel anyway. And then it's like having this just extra wisdom to, to draw from. Yeah. It's good time. Well, and actually, because after we recorded the last thing, I... The next day in the mail, I got my book, The Daily Stoic. <laughs> and there's Good a in. yeah, there's a brilliant uh, quote at the start of it from Seneca, which I just think sums things up perfectly. Mm. It says, "Of all people, only those that are at leisure who make time for philosophy. Only they truly live. Not satisfied to merely keep good watch over their own days, they annex every age to their own." All the harvest of the past is added to their store. Only an ingrate would fail to see that these great architects of venerable thoughts were born for us and have designed a way of life for us. It's really so nice like, quote. Like that, that, like I remember when I was younger, that was kind of the issue I had with philosophy in a way. It was like, it's like, oh, I don't need this. I'll work it out for myself. Or if yeah. I feel like if I'd read that quote, I'd be like, oh, shit. This guy <laughs> This guy from two thousand years ago has called me a piece of shit for not yeah. <laughs> reading philosophy. He, but I he think just that's fucking what... called me out. He just fucking <laughs> called me out. But that that I think that's just a really good way of thinking about it. It's like people have been doing their best to work out the best way to live over years, over mm. two thousand years. Like that, like the fact that that's even the case that like it's been held up over that amount of time. Like, yeah, it's, it's, you how, how it's, it's, it is, yeah. Yeah, and also just like, <laughs> it's still ongoing. Yeah, 
so that's therefore, the thing like, too. It 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 feels so essential to the modern day. It's it's kind of weird. Like, mm. like yeah, that's 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 one of the things that when when I was listening to Billy was saying that like how stoicism actually could be more important than ever in the times that we're living in. It was pretty yeah, video like, of like just the pandemic with everything. Because one of the things about it is like using time to the best that you can, and that's always something I've been like sort of. I've thought about my whole life, even this idea of like being in the present moment and like not wasting time and making the most of it and everything. Yeah, like I'm not gonna lie, I've been feeling like like that recently because in the job I'm in and what I'm doing, I feel like I'm just gonna wasting away a bit and a wee bit through the path that I'm on, and I don't want to go on it. And just how I'm kind of trapped at the moment, at least for the next year and a half, into like this role that maybe I don't want to do, and yeah. it's just it's like. I know it's supposed to be for something better, but I just feel like I'm not using my time to the best. Yeah. So I should, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Type one. It was all supposed to get better after college and you get a job. As... Yeah, nope. well, like you kind of... <laughs> Sorry. I'll try and... Let's try and address this like as a stoic would. Yeah. Is, there, is there any benefit from job? Well, there's monetary job. Monetary gain. Like, yeah, and I could get the monetary gain somewhere else, but I suppose because of the contract and I can't leave or else what I have about to pay the, fourteen thousand. Experience, will that be useful? The experience will be useful, which is what it is, but do you understand that like I'm beginning to learn the role and the experience for the role that I'm doing? Maybe that isn't the role I want to do, if you get what I mean. Yeah. It it will, however, the experience should still be helpful. And A, getting other jobs, so that'll be, like, no worry. Obviously, it, it turns out I'm an essential service. So that's kind of a good thing. But it's more like it might help me get into the job that I want to get. But still, at the moment, it's just still very much, like, a, a dream. Well, one of the concepts about stoicism is a thing called amor fati, which is lo- love of fate. Yeah. Which is another one that, like, I've actually, like, written, like, song lyrics, basically, around a very <laughs> similar idea. Mm. Which, again, is one of the reasons that I... I think feels, stoicism. <laughs> yeah, that felt so attracted to it. And it's like this idea that like you not only do you accept your fate, but you love it because everything that's happened is is useful. So you can look at that and be like, oh, you've actually learned that you don't want to do that job because you're doing it. Mm. Which I suppose is what I learned from Chefin as well, was that yeah. like I'm glad I know how to cook and I'm glad I'm able to do this, but I know I don't want to express my Yeah. <laughs> like I even think back to my first time in in college, it was the same thing. I studied science and then realized that that's not what I should be at. Yeah, which is which is oh, which is very good to know. Which is always good to know that well, it's just as important knowing what you don't want to do is what you want to do. I'll talk about how I got into stoicism. Mm, go for it. Uh, the first way was uh, just through a podcast, and it was um, the guy Ryan Holiday who wrote. The Daily Stoic, and I wrote another book that I read, or I ha- I'm currently reading, actually called Ego's Enemy, which I, I brought up last time, I think. Yeah. And that was like, that was the first time I properly felt like I kind of understood it, and then I just kind of dabbled in it for a while. And just the more I kind of looked into it, the more I got out of it. Like it's it's a weird kind of feeling. Mm. Like I talked about it last time as well. It was just like saying, it's like. It's really just like, like Ego's Enemy, especially, I recommend to anyone who needs to like, just anyone actually, to be honest, but especially if you're trying to do something, if you're trying to do a creative project, if you're trying to 
um, just make something of yourself. It just really puts things in perspective in an amazing way. And it's all taken from uh, stoicism and like real life examples of stoicism. What's it called? Oh, sorry, ego's enemy. Oh, ego, 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 ego is the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just go through some of the the bases for stoicism first, maybe before I get onto that. Yeah, that might be best. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things is there's uh, the four uh, the sto the four virtues of stoicism, the four cardinal virtues, virtues, which basically cardinal is like the Greek word for hinge, I believe. So the four things that it all hinges on okay. are courage, wisdom, justice, and temperance. Temperance, I've also seen it described as uh, moderation or self-control. So basically, okay. I think Marcus Aurelius said the um, these are like the four. If you can find anything better than those four thing, four things, then go for it. Like, but basically, that's the core of how to live a good life and how to be happy. Okay. And that's fundamentally what stoicism is about. It's about happiness. Like, I've got, a, I've actually got a couple of, I put quotes on my wall in front of where I'm sitting right now. So anytime I get distracted and <laughs> stop doing what I should be, I just read them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just give yourself a bit of motivation. Yeah. And they're but, mainly about like just like being in the moment. Like I've, I've got one from Seneca here that says we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. <laughs> that's class. That's unreal. <laughs> and ep- there's an Epictetus one here that's nice. As, uh, uh, happiness and freedom begin with a clear understanding of one principle. Some things are within your control and some things are not. I think that's really one of the fundamental ideas. Yeah. Understanding what you can control and understand what you can't. Yeah. And like if something bad like that, like for now, what's happening? We can get pissed off by like the thing this big thing that we don't have any control over, or we can realize oh I can control how I feel about it and what I do about it and what I yeah, they, we can't change the pandemic, but we change, yeah. we react to the pandemic. Yeah. But, yeah, it's very true. It is true, like, it's, it's about, well, obviously, I'm not a stoic about stoicism, but I tried to do that with the pandemic, being like, sure, like, just, I'm working away, I just can't go. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, I was kind of like, these people have lost their jobs. I was like, I yeah. can't complain. I have to be happy with that. Like, I can put, I still complain about work, but it's still, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's it. Like, I was sitting outside yesterday, and I was just like, you know what? Things could be way worse. Yeah, you could not have had a home to be in. You could have, like, not have, you know, there's a lot of things that could And you can always argue as well that, yeah, it could but you're in any situation you're in in life, it could be worse, it could be better. It's never going to be better than this. I don't know, does that yeah. make sense? No, sorry, continue on, stoicism. <laughs> saying the four hinges yeah four those cardinals. are the four the four cardinal virtues that he sort of identified as the main things to lead in a good life and leading a happy life mm. and those are things that we should aim for and it, they are really helpful like if you're kind of feeling like if you're see if you're ever like thinking you don't know what to do in a decision just if you make sure you're acting like like the courage one for example like, say if you don't want to do something, is that because it's out of fear? Then that means that you should not be acting that way. You should be acting courageously. You should be mm. aiming towards wisdom. You should be asked, aiming towards justice, making sure you're doing the right thing for making, yeah, just making, yeah, it's all just, like, it all just makes sense. It's all really yeah. very uh, basic stuff. Like, it's a very robust philosophy. It can be applied mm. to a lot of things. I think it's, I think that's why I wanted to talk about 
if we're going on to talk about philosophy in general, I think it's a really good place to start. And if anyone, again, like we're talking about sci-fi, to start with stoicism is a philosophy to start with if you've any interest in it. Yeah, or if you've any interest in general philosophy, I'd say. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, Not just also, oh yeah, before that makes sense, just that's a good one to start with. If any, yeah, if you've been interested in philosophy, just because it, it's a, it's a, it can be a personal one and you might never mm-hmm. go any further than that and that might be all you want and that's grand. Yeah, that's true. But it kind of relates to other things like you can get into like ethical and philosophy and all too, but stoicism has a bit of that too. Like one of the ideas is the, the dutiful citizen. It's like your responsibility to do the do good and stuff like. Mm. like I think I mentioned earlier Catholicism came along and around the time of Stoicism and they and like they had a lot of time making any progress because people were like I got Stoicism I don't need this Jesus yeah. guy yeah exactly <laughs> I don't I don't need this I've got my own stuff. yeah so, so Catholicism took a lot of the Stoic ideas to. And adapted them to try and kind of get people on their side. Yeah, trying to try and win over people, essentially. Mm. But yeah, the ego thing, which I kind of, I think maybe was why I was interested in that free will thing too. Because because as you're saying, that removes a good bit of your ego. Yeah. It's like, well, it's... this is something I cannot control, but I have yeah. to be happy with it. <laughs> Yeah, like that's an amazing book. Just it's it's all based on like he kind of takes a lot of people. You like one of the chapters is about uh, um, Mark Mark. What's his name from Marcus Aurelius? No, sorry, Kirk Hammett from Metallica. <laughs> one of the stories isn't about is about him. He's talking about um after Dave Mustaine left Metallica and Kirk Hammett got the job, he could have just been like, oh, sure, I'm I'm in Metallica now, I can do whatever I want." But instead, yeah. he went and got lessons from. Satriani and um, because he was like oh, I'm going to improve on this thing and all that and that's one of the things about uh, um, Ego's Enemy too is like about being a student all the time because yeah. it's like we have to it's one of the things I've been thinking about recently too it's like I never want to feel like I don't have anything to learn because as soon as you decide that you won't learn anything Yeah, and that's what he did he was just he became a student even though it was at a time that he didn't need to at all and if you are a student, it'll keep your ego in check. Yeah. That's what it's about. It's about um, just realizing what your ego does. And well, I was wondering because, like, I don't know, I was not like maybe you'd call it like a personal philosophy, but like I always thought that, like, for myself, I always never really like to call myself smart because I never like to try and convince myself that I'm smart because yeah. then I'll stop trying to be smart. And I say the same with being good. Like, don't consider myself a good person because. If I did, then it's like, I feel like I'd be more flippant about it. You know, it's yeah. like, sure, sure, sure I'm smart, I know, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's something Maybe actually... Maybe that is a stoic thing that I just kind of accidentally touched upon, but, like, that's what I always thought about those kind of things, is it, like... like yeah, there's, like, a, actually, the, the thing you said about being good, that's something I actually I wrote down to kind of try to sum up that idea of, like, basically said there's no such thing as a good person or a bad person. Mm-hmm. just a person who's capable of both i think that's a good way to think about things because if i think it adds value to as well it's like you're not good just because you are good it's good because you chose to be good yeah and it means a... if you're if you are quote unquote bad then you're not without like um you can be you can change whatever yeah and you can still have good qualities yeah it's like it's like oh i can i can be good <laughs> mm-hmm. 
just it just adds more value to you. It's like that means like if you're doing a good if good deeds happen, they're not just like ingrained. It means like every one of those things you chose to do, you chose to make the effort to choose good over bad or whatever. Yeah. Which makes sense. And then it's that choice you'd be rewarded. But then if we don't have free will, it was already made for you anyway, so <laughs> well, <laughs> you still chose, but it's based on your past, I would I know, yeah. <laughs> we'll just go around in circles. <laughs> Turnagers anymore. Um, well, this this this, this 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 would be kind of good though in a podcast. Hence, I think if we did like the movie thing, which I enjoyed, and the thing as well. So the kind of book things we can even like eventually get more segments. But I do like this kind of idea of going with this. I'll just yeah, say that, just, that might just, be a good place to start, even because we've been going on for quite a while here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that'll do on stoicism. As a taste, oh, well, no, I was I wasn't saying it do, but like what I was well, uh, like next, then it do, could be yeah. more on it if you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm just th- I'm just thinking maybe we can return to this next time because we've just been going on for ages here. That could be a good uh, introduction. <laughs> and when I listen back, I'll probably realize there's stuff I left out, so we can come back to it next time. Yeah, sorry, that's what it's kind of meaning. Not like yeah. meaning to stop, but meaning that like oh, I like this idea. We'll continue on every week as you learn a bit. Maybe I guess yeah. as we go. Yeah, yeah like that kind of way. A continuing theme, I don't know. Stoic theme. Oh, that that was one of the things, one of the important things about uh, stoicism is journaling. I think we talked about that the last time too. Oh yeah, we did definitely chat about journal last time. You said you're doing a lot more, but is that a big? Yeah, Yeah, what like um, the one of the main books from stoicism is Marcus Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, and that was just his (laughs) that was just his journal. Yeah, nothing Uh, like. But it's important. Um, one of the things that's really important is like just this idea of giving yourself time to like inwardly reflect. Like it could be like for me, journalism is almost like a meditative thing. It's like yeah. it's time for me to give myself a, a wee time every morning to just get my thoughts in order and look inwards, and and it is it's really rewarding once you get into it. Yeah, and the thing is, it can be anything because it's not like like I always find journalism. But, I'm journaling a bit weird. I remember trying it when I was younger and stuff, and I was like, I didn't know what to do or didn't know what to. Yeah. But it can just be now, it's just like whatever it's on my mind. It could just be me recounting yesterday's things, or it could be like a. Yeah, a it could be like a thought or like a story yeah. idea. Yeah. It helps me just clarify things, and like that's why I like that. Like, uh, there's no such thing as a good person or a bad person thing. That was like me just kind of thinking. It, it gets you thinking like that, which is really good. Yeah, because it gets you more in the mind frame of thinking about things, maybe think. Yeah. Because you are doing that anyway, because you will obviously paper there, like you're going to kind of, It's I think that's more of you in the mindset of trying to figure out things. Mm. You're sitting there thinking about it, but if you have the ability to write it down, it's like, then once you write it down, it's easier. Yeah, that, that's great too. It's like, it's, things kind of rattle around your head for ages, and then like as soon as you write them, be released there's a really nice quote by oh, i can't remember who it is i'll try and find it here but it's like um writing is closer to thinking than talking <laughs> so nice quote. who's that buddy i'm gonna see if i can find it <laughs> mm-hmm. no, but i'll admit today i suppose i wasn't necessarily doing journaling but i was doing a bit of writing my own story uh or not writing my own story writing my story but my story is obviously using this is the story i was telling you about that's very personal season and all personally from my life 
And I suppose maybe now it's just kind of like I'm trying to sit back and be like, right, I need to just fucking probably deal with some things finally. You know, yeah. just kind of, you know, I have been to kind of stuff a couple of times, but I just need to like really actually sit down and actually just not like, I'm not saying like get over these things, but just deal with these things. But yeah, I, I, that's, that's kind of a, one of the, um, that's actually tied to stoicism, which I was surprised by. <laughs> There's like a, it's related to cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh yeah, I've done like stuff like that before. Yeah, yeah. Um, this the Daily Stoic, by the way, is like a. It's literally there's a date on every page, and there's a wee thing for you to read. So, what I do now is like when I'm still in bed, I wake up and I read it, and I kind of think about it for, and then I get up. Oh yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to start your day. But um, yeah, I realize like this is one from the 16th. What day was that? A couple of, two days ago, was it? Yeah. Um. And it's like, like you're saying, like kind of addressing things and stuff. I realize there's been something I've been kind of doing anyway. And I don't mm. know if I've been doing it or if it's been because getting it in a stoicism is getting me into that mind frame or not. But, yeah, uh, no, it's I can read the quote is pay close attention and conversation to what is being said and to follow and what follows from any action. In the action, immediately look for the target in words. Listen closely to what is being signaled. So it's basically saying, that's by Marcus Aurelius from his meditations. It's basically mm-hmm. saying anything that like you do or say, address it and be like, "What? Where did that come from? Why did I do that? Why? Like, yeah, why am are, I doing this? What are why these things that are? This? Yeah. And then, so in Daily Stoic, they they follow that quote with a their kind of interpretation of it, and they say in this that it's um, CBT is from stoicism in a way, which is kind of <laughs> crazy. Yeah, wouldn't it wouldn't put them together, but it, yeah. it says through the work of psychologist Albert Ellis, stoicism has reached millions of people through what's known as cognitive behavioral therapy. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that <laughs> at all. Yeah. I know it's plenty of, if anyone listens to Blind Boy <laughs> Which is where I would have heard most about C B T for the first time. Yeah, well I would have done stuff. I would have yeah. done like I would have done C B T for a brief kind of stint and would have learned and done techniques with it. But five six six years ago i think but like yeah yeah just when i was going through time and stuff what's going on with me with cancer and stuff and then got told an ocd you know and then it's, that's like a fucking cure pretty much for cbt yeah so it's not necessarily a cure but it's just really probably the best thing in the absolute world <laughs> yeah well like it got me thinking that like maybe that's why cbt is so successful because it's based in uh, like maybe that's the, the way stoicism is so like long lasting and yeah, it's the same powerful. reason that like CBT works because they're both based Quite on something linked, just logical, I guess, and kind of sensible mm. and easily to understand. Yeah, it makes sense. But um, yeah, like I'll admit, like today what I was writing, because like it's like I started going into and then the character essentially is just recounting, obviously as you know. And, as the people podcast are going to know, it's like I just started recounting essentially me getting diagnosed with cancer through the character. Yeah. But I just pretty much laid it out. Kind of, it, it got it got up to me going, I got up to me going to Galway. So it's kind of everything that happened like Galway. And I started kind of uh, going through it again. And I and just, so, just, uh, just if anyone's listening, you don't have cancer anymore. Oh yeah, that's probably a good idea. I do have one. <laughs> I do have one last testicle, but I don't have cancer. So. That's good to know. I just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, that might be a good thing to clarify. Yeah, 
Um, I kind of was like uh, going through it, and I was like, "There's a lot of shit stuff that happened, like kind of stuff that I kind of forgot had happened." If you know what I mean? Yeah. So I started going through it again. Like one of the things that I forgot, like whenever I went into the hospital, man, like because I had a pain on my testicle, like every doctor and all the nurses were like, like no, kind of flippantly, like, kind of like, "Are you sure? Like, are you sure you just didn't have unprotected sex? <laughs> you know, like, are you sure it's not just my that?" And like I knew, I knew, like I found it, and I was like. No, like, and I was in a lot of pain. No, but there was one doctor, there was one junior doctor, and I seen him argue with, like, his senior or his fucking boss or something. And, like, he was fucking fantastic. I said, he was like, uh, are you sure you haven't had unprotected sex? He said, probably do you have to ask that. And I said, no. And he went, yeah, I didn't think so. And he just fucking went for it. Like, and I seen him, like, chatting to, like, a senior, and, like, I could hear him. And he was like, no, like, this guy needs a bed, like, chatting about me. And then I was supposed to go into, like, gets like go down to Galway in two weeks and he rang up one of his friends and was down there in like five days and shit like that but I had a really really bad time like going through all this shit and like all of the doctors asking me like you sure I'm protect sex and I was like six or eight hours in and I was like I would have told you by now like I would now not you be know what? now uh, you know what a woman feels like yeah <laughs> so. but, sure um, asking for it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um whenever I finished writing it like I, like I did have a nice sat and i thought for a bit like and i i think i purposely left it at where i left it because then the next part would have been like getting sent to galway and then that there's where where the surgery was and it's like so yeah. that was like the initial part which was like the diagnosis and i felt like and it's kind of like think sitting there thinking i sat there thinking for about like 10 minutes and i was like you know that was shit like that was really shit and i was like i hate it as well like just to get asked the question all that and i was like and that is all over <laughs> you know like you know that's yeah. kind of like to go through it again and I, it made me kind of happy and i felt good because I was yeah. like, that was shit. Like I was like, that was fucking pretty terrible. Like, but that was all, yeah. Just the, just the way it went. But like, I'm still it's kind here. Of up, like, yeah, like it, it does make sense why they're asking. But it just gonna, yeah. In that situation, I'm not gonna be the most patient. Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I enjoyed. Kind of, I like it. I think it's like, could it just been like, like what are the chances they might have just sent you home or something? I was thinking that because like when I was when I was getting my ultras. I'm on like my testicles and the guy was like I don't I didn't I don't see anything and he was like oh like he he I just did like he was like oh I'm sure we'll just get you some antibiotics and send you home and I like and I'm I shit you not man this is entirely true and I went no nah, man there's a lump and he went show me and I took his hand and I put it right on the lump because you see where my tumor was it was on it was it was on see you don't usually feel pain with this like cancer but I did because yeah. my yeah. tumor grew to two centimeters and touched my valves and like kind of fucking you know like connecting the testicle up and it like irritated them and that caused the pain and he didn't find it and i had to bring it to right on because it was pretty much growing where the fucking valves were and i had to put it right onto them too i'm not shit you not and he went oh you're gonna need to stay with us a few days <laughs> but like i don't even I, I don't like i always remember doing that and i didn't think about whenever i did that i was just fucking probably fed up because i was in there about five hours and I just didn't even think like, but if I was more like nervous, which I probably should have been, and I didn't say anything, would they have just sent me home with antibiotics? Yeah. <laughs> and then like I would have been fucked. <laughs> well, probably not. I probably would have still been fine, but it would have been painful. You do, you do hear stories all the time of it going undiagnosed and stuff. Yeah, Never but they, a lot of that, a lot of that is supposed to be well for men anyway, male ego. Yeah, which I would admit. But I just kind of seem to completely contradict all of that and just tell everyone. <laughs> tell me, did you hear the like Des Bissip talk about his 
Uh, I heard him talk about like if if like a girl's going down on him, he used to. <laughs> but did, but like, did you hear his story before it happened to you? Uh, I knew sort of of it, but I never actually listened to it properly. I just kind of knew he had it. That yeah. kind of thing. I was just wondering if maybe that helped you be more confident. Actually, do you know what really helped me be more confident was this guy. He actually he, he actually lost both his testicles. He lost one to cystic cancer, then he got like a different type of cancer, uh, made it formed a tumor, but on his other testicle, and he lost both. And he helped me a lot, but I remember I sent up like a Snapchat or something stupid, like my chemo bag, to thinking I was be funny, and he just messaged me saying, I hear you're in, I, looks, I see you're now in for a bit of misery. And I just chatted to him like a wee bit, and like, I don't, like, I, it sounds really weird, man, but him just saying misery, it was just like, and for me knowing obviously what happened to him was just like, you 100% understand completely. Yeah, and it just chatted to him a wee bit. It was only a very short conversation, and it just really made me feel better for some reason. Yeah, and I, it's obviously just solidarity, like, but it was just such, I don't know, a bit mad. But but I remember watching Des Bishop talking about his experience, and it just made me more aware of that stuff and everything. Mm. It's not really talked about very much. Nah. Like, like the most like, I've like ever heard the, is my like, one thing you mentioned, like de- like definitely just hearing someone talk about it. Like, oh, geez, that's some that's something I should be aware of. Mm-hmm. I will admit, I, I, I do think this. Sorry, go ahead. You do find it funny is I did help two guys discover that they had STIs because <laughs> I, I whenever I was going out, and I still be adamant. Any man, I suppose, and any woman that could possibly listen to this, do go get yourself checked for yeah. for breast cancer and for testicular cancer. Nine out of ten times, the find by. A sexual partner and not the person themselves which is a stupid statistic which shows how much yeah. we do not check ourselves but saying that it's not like i checked myself i got lucky because it didn't fade with my valves but i kind of yeah. opened my eyes but i was like one night and i know it's over a couple nights and i know these two guys i know and chatting to me and then one of them said he's like I'm worried about a pain in there and i was like go to the fucking hospital i was like get over your fucking self i was like you're gonna go get felt up it's gonna be uncomfortable and they can save your yeah. fucking life like i just got pure thick like just get really thick and both of them came back <laughs> a couple like over a different period of time. One was like six months. He was like, "Yeah, it turned out a chlamydia." <laughs> Jesus Look, Christ. Men are bad for that in general. Not even like sexual problems, just any illness. It's like, oh yeah, definitely. Like, I'll be grand. Yeah, I actually still find it funny if I go in the hospital and stuff. Now and they ask me to do stuff, and like you know, they're like, "Oh, how do you feel about needing fucking stick away?" Like they're like the other time because like um, I do find this weird when I last got checked up. It was a woman. So she was like, and it's my first time I was met her because it probably must have switched, you know, they, the doctors like switch around hospitals. She was like, okay, Thomas, I'm going to ask you to take a clean eye and I'm going to feel uh, your, your penis and your testicle. Do you want me to get a man and in a room? Are you okay with this? Are you comfortable? And I was like, yeah, just go in. Feel, feel away. <laughs> just like, yeah, just like fucking like probably, probably, probably naked by the time she It's <laughs> like, yeah, oh, wait, what? She turns around a bit on gloves or whatever. It's like, yeah. no, it's like, I'm going to have to feel you up. Turns back and you're just like, start naked. Yes, yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm used I'm to ready. this. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you don't get naked. You just, you just, just, listening. That's it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like, that's it. Like, I just find that shit funny. But, like, obviously, I'm only like that now because of my experiences. Like, like, I, I, I never, man, before that day of day, I'd never, like, you know, had a checkup or had, like, Somebody fondled me that way in a medical thing, and within that eight hours, I'd say ten fondled to twelve people. 
fondle you in a non-sexual way. Yeah, in my non-sexual <laughs> way. <laughs> Which is uh, really uncomfortable, but uh, it never it's happened still, before. It's still kind of hot, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, not when a guy's trying to make conversation while filling you up and he's these response, you're like, no. Nope. <laughs> 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 what do you mean you don't watch movies or do sports? Like, nope, just just. Just does, he make, does he make eye contact when he's doing <laughs> No, I'm only joking into that. But no, they, they don't make eye contact. They kind of talk to you before and after. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've never been... It'd be way funnier if you started... It's like they're, they're just feeling away and it's like... You start making conversations yeah. like... So, uh, any good books lately? <laughs> Amazing this weather we've been having, isn't it? Um, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> you're just like so uh your first time too <laughs> <laughs> uh, i didn't think i'd lose my medical virginity this way <laughs> but um i prefer oh. it when uh they don't wear gloves but you know whatever you're into <laughs> oh no i also got felt up with like well i've also got felt up with like gloves. Yep. <laughs> huh? i've actually have been felt up with like gloves before it's unusual too. Like I remember because remember actually actually that's a prime example. I forgot about that. Check before and he was he was no gloves and hands dove in. He did ask me like, so do you work or anything? And I'm I'm shitting you not, man. I pretty much as high pitched as this just went. <laughs> I'm a chef. So <laughs> <laughs> uncomfortable. Like this guy, this guy does this probably day in day out. Like it was consultant like he's fucking he was at least 55 you know he's well versed it's just he's chatting away to make conversation and i was like i forgot i did it and it at me he's like oh chef what type of food do you do he's like oh fine fine i don't know <laughs> just frozen i don't know but like i shouldn't have been that scared like he's just medically checking me out but uh it's just weird like <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh mm. Anyway, yeah, back to the writing. I wrote all like to the diagnosis today, and I'm thinking I'm going to do the kind of surgery bit tomorrow. It's just, again, this is the saying. This is one of the stories. It's like, I don't know if I would actually get anyone to read this because it's pretty much just like me going through stuff. But the the idea of three is like it starts off with like a suicide note, and a guy like hangs himself, but then he gets stopped by like the Grim Reaper or Sharon, as I call him as well. You know, like the boat keeper and stuff. Mm. And it kind of goes like a Christmas Carol from there. <laughs> where it's like him he like asks like the Grim Reaper asks the main character why he like wants to kill himself and he keeps bringing up these scenarios and they kind of go back and revisit these scenarios and the whole point is he kind of looks at the scenarios different to to kind of gain strength from them or you know what I mean instead of using these as reasons for not living using these as reasons for living mm. to kind of for each one so I kind of want to make like a Christmas Carol in a way that like the ghost of Christmas with Ebenezer Scrooge just bad ways. It's the Grim Reaper showing this guy who's trying to commit suicide. The error of committing suicide. And then they kind of wanted to end kind of like The Alchemist, which is the whole point of that book is kind of like to have like a lust, not like a lust for life, but like, well, I suppose a lust for life. And just kind of have it that way and kind of yeah. continue it on. Like, the whole plan at the end is that like, oh no, I shouldn't say this. <laughs> no. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. I'll leave it there. I still have to write the ending. <laughs> <laughs> However, the ending I'm hoping to involve the fierce pit bosses. The whole point is it involves him coming out of your album launch. <laughs> uh, 
Oh yeah, that's a good segue. Um, last time we were talking about I might be organizing a live stream. Oh shit, uh, yeah. So I've I've made the event page and everything. So anyone listening, first pet bosses, first of May, get on our Facebook page, get the event page, and the link will go up, and you can. That's my, that's my brother's birthday. Ah. Yeah. Well, sure. Bring him along. Yeah, I'll get him on. He's over in Australia. He, he can come. <laughs> that's a Friday. That's grand. I yeah. should be able to. What is my doing? So I'm doing nights. Oh, that's pretty good. What time will it be at? We're thinking starting around eight o'clock. Oh, that's good because I should be. So this week I'm doing late. So I should be doing early. So I'll actually not be working, thankfully. Thanks. Yeah, because otherwise I've been working till like eleven, which would mean shit. <laughs> Watch it, watch it work, show everyone. <laughs> I know these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, was I telling you, just at work, there's a girl I was saying that, like, fucking, jeez, oh, I hate the music on our radio sometimes. Like, it's just all, like, shit oh, yeah, music. And you, like, oh, I, I did say that last week. Never mind. You, you, what did you say again? It's just, like, you know, the music, the music shit, and then she was like, my boyfriend's the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's great, but the music. Yeah, yeah, like, like, the, the mixing's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I just thought that was music, but that's fantastic. So your live stream first of May, eight yeah, o'clock. That's yeah, it should be fun. We'll probably just play like all our songs, mm. which comes to, like over an hour at the minute. Might oh, that's pretty sweet. Of, like, might do a couple of covers. Probably just chat some shite. Be a bit of crack. Yeah. Yeah. Why not get drunk? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, let's do a sign-off, sure. Sorry? All right, best do a sign-off. Well, yeah. I have been Thomas. And, and I'm still Owen. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no no, last names for privacy purposes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Only joking. And uh, Thomas, thanks for talking. And Owen, thanks Ed, for Ed, talking and listening. Uh, yeah, and anyone else, thanks for listening, if there's mm-hmm. anyone out there. Uh, in in cyberspace, which we now know was coined in Neuromancer. Anyway, okay, Thomas, bye bye, love you. Love you too, stay stoic. Shit show while we try to leave it better for everyone else. What are we doing here? Let's forget our existential dread. Grab another beer and just live day to day like we've been doing it for years. And after all, it's neither there nor of us are worthless In that regard we're all exactly the same It doesn't mean that we should all just care less Need each other